Welcome back to the Alternate Shot Podcast. I'm Mike. I'm Matt. We're back from a from a bit of a hiatus. The holidays were here. It's a new year. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year to you. Did, I got, you, do, did you do anything? I got married. Uh, I went on a honeymoon. I saw Hawaii for the first time. It was uh, It was an eventful month. But now we're back. So, um, well, Matt, let me first ask you, you know, was your holiday wonderful? Did you enjoy the new year? I did. It was, uh, we had a, a pretty transactional Christmas. I uh, just, you know, went home for the day and picked up my bag of stuff and, you know, got dinner, all that good stuff. But I missed you, man. You were gone. You were preparing for a wedding. You were off in Hawaii, eight time zones away. Um, I'm watching yeah. the PNC Father Son Challenge by myself <laughs> while you're while you're soaking up the rays with leaving you with, hanging with your bride and uh, it was um, I tell you what the time zone thing was I certainly underestimated yeah I figure on paper six hours you know it's not like you're going to the other side of the world you're not like in Australia or Japan or Malaysia or somewhere where, where it's like the opposite time but it threw me for a loop um, like I don't know I don't I don't I haven't traveled that far in a long time so. Um, yeah, the time zones were weird. Coming back was the hardest part. The because uh, you go, you know, you go west. It's like you just stay up later. But coming east, you like you can't fall asleep. Well, and the trip's also like over, right? Yeah, there's like, that. Too. It's not you're as though you're flying in a jet. I remember going to China, and I was like, "Well, this kind of sucks. <laughs> like, it's a twenty-hour flight, <laughs> right, but right. this is gonna be sick." And then the flight back was like, "Well, this blows. I'm going back to Detroit." <laughs> <laughs> It was, yeah, it was fun. Um, I got a chance to play some golf out there, which was really exciting. Um, I, uh, I appreciate your text when you were, you were shocked that we were playing golf, but, uh, Britta, actually I have to say, um, Britta, AKA the B dog, um, a part, a co-founder of this, this podcast, the CEO, she was the, uh, the driver of the golf, which was, which was great. Um, the golf out there is really cool. It's, I mean, you can tell that I mean, the courses we played, um, were, were very long. I was shocked at how long. I guess they have a ton of land, obviously, but I mean, you can play them anywhere from you know fifty eight hundred yards um, all the way back to like seventy two, seventy three hundred yards. So, um, but but because of the way the wind is and 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 they're they're Bermuda fairways, so they but they're firm. Um, you can hit the ball a long way. It's kind of mountainous. It's it's fun. It's like it's like Tiger Woods video game golf, kinda. Um, and they're very forgiving. I mean, you, you can tell that they could set them up in a in a ridiculous way if they wanted to. Obviously, they you know for the tournaments they have out there, but uh, it was just it was a blast. Well, welcome back to the Alternate Shot Podcast. <laughs> it's good to be back. Good. It's we good uh, so our agenda today, since it, it has been a while, I figured we could kind of simplify things. We'll kind of go over <laughs> since we last talked. I think last time we talked to everybody was like the middle of November. Yeah, it was a while ago. So a little bit of news. Um, then we can talk about. Uh, but we are back, so we can talk about the Century Tournament of Champions, mm-hmm. and then that'd be fun to just do a quick, like five or six minute kind of half season preview because yeah. this is, uh, you know, like leg one of of the tour season, the the silly season, the gap time. Um, you know, I know it's technically started in October, right. but like now we're starting. We got a mm-hmm. you know like seven or eight big events in a row, no real breaks here, um, so we can kind of talk about the storylines of the year, what we expect to see, and then. I think probably in the next couple of weeks, it's like, you know, negative a hundred here. We got the, yeah. the bomb cyclone coming. We can do a, a more, a more formal like season way, preview, but we'll so just we'll touch on a few right, things here. We're in Boston and I, when did the weather channel or the weather, I don't know, big weather, when did it become just a total hype machine state, to the point state, where state weather? Well, okay. I mean, maybe that is a meteor meteorological term, um, but it sounds scary. I feel like they do that to get people hyped up. Like, remember the Weather Channel started naming storms that weren't hurricanes, or just winter storm, whatever, winter storm berries well, I think that's like a tracking and- convention. We probably didn't hear about them because they didn't warrant our attention. But right. no, I, I agree with you. I remember a couple of years ago, I was like, we have a polar vortex. And I was like, well, I'm 28 and I've never heard of that. Yeah. So like, <laughs> what is it? And now like this, like <laughs> the cyclone bomb thing. I'm like, I saw that on the news. I was like, should we, should we take cover? Like, is this worse than a normal storm? And then it, it's a foot of snow. It's New England. It happens. Yeah, we get to work from home tomorrow. So, perks, perks there. All right. Um, since we last talked on the course, we got on the course and off the course. Mm-hmm. We got we got more off the course stuff. Obviously, so on the course, uh, Tommy Fleetwood won the won the race to Dubai. Uh, Justin Rose came in second place. Ricky Fowler won the Hero World Challenge. He went eleven under on Sunday to snatch the win out of nowhere. Um, and typically, Ricky winning on this pod would mean we had a two-hour-long pod. 
Um, <laughs> but we're not because a it's a, a very limited field event um, as we see on the cover of Golf's Digest. Yeah. That's true. But more importantly, and we all know who you know butters the bread on this pod and who will edit this <laughs> when I leave. So let's talk about Tiger. Yes, because he participated. He did participate. Um, I think he, he exceeded a lot of people's expectations. You know, it's interesting after the the whole um, the DUI and and I think at that point it became very clear just how just how difficult the situation he was in had become with his back and his pain management. And, you know, I mean, that's a whole nother conversation, but you know, a lot of people thought maybe he'll never come back. And I, guys I'd talked to guys who, um, he said know, it, who, who had, who had themselves suffered from back injuries. It's pretty common, right? People get back injuries, they get hurt. It's a chronic problem that just doesn't go away and then these these surgeries that you have i think tiger had a fusion surgery where i guess they 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 permanently link the discs um can lead to uh, a loss of mobility and flexibility however it also can completely alleviate the pain and i know that tiger had battled some some failed attempts at 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 fixing his pain Mm -hmm. so a pain-free tiger but with limited flexibility was a big question mark and i think for a lot of fans and a lot of um you know, like myself, uh, big Tiger fans, but certainly golf fans saw um, a real uh, ray of hope here that Tiger maybe, um, you know, c- could come and compete again. So I, I I actually thought, you know, his performance wildly exceeded my expectations as big of a homer as I am. Um, it's just really, really good to see him back. Yeah, some of the things that Tiger was unable to do on a golf course were confusing to me. And they, they didn't seem like back issues, like when he had the yips. Mm-hmm. It, it was just one of those things where I just kind of watched him and I was like, he's not right. Like, this is fucking weird. Like, like p- you and I can chip like that. And it was just, it was yeah, mind blowing that weird. Tiger Woods was doing that. And when their issue, if, if, so if his issue was now he's just driving the ball two sixty, he does everything else the same, but he's like, you know, he, he built a game around bombing it past everybody and, you know, being more precise with long irons. And now he doesn't have that advantage anymore. Right. Right. His, his, his sort of shortcomings didn't make much sense. So I sort of had very low expectations for him because I thought that he was going to do some like 80% swing, not hit it as far as everybody. I didn't believe any of the comments about him, like hitting it past DJ or Ricky or whatever. Um, Can we pause on that for one second? You brought this up to me and I kind of was like, I mean, I think I was just, you know, messing with you for a bit going along with it. But I wonder how much of that's like, was that a concerted effort by people who love Tiger? Like, you know, Ricky Fowl, those guys who all made those comments, blowing it by DJ, blowing it by me. Like, there's no way that's possible, right? No. Like, Dustin like Dustin Johnson hits the ball 345 yards. When DJ said, he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tiger's but, like, never I was putting far. it past them. Yeah. So, like, well, I mean, I don't know. It's cool. Maybe they're all rooting for him. But I did, I did see that, and I was like, come on, man. Like, that can't be right. So I have, I have two takes on this. The first is, um, you know, Tiger, Tiger hit the ball pretty far, probably field average in a very good field. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I don't, well, I don't it's believe hard it was to. Like, the equipment's different now than it was then, but you're right. It, yes. Yeah. He hit but the like, ball I mean, long they way. were showing it and it was like, yeah, like Tiger, like three Oh five off the tee. Like they're not lying to us on, on TV. Like it's, no. it's a real thing. Um, so, you know, if, if you're Ricky and you have like no expectation whatsoever and you go out there and, and you know, Tiger is near you, I'd, I'd be impressed. Yeah. I'd, I'd be impressed by that. The, I don't often wear the tinfoil hat here. <laughs> um, I will now. I do. I think that, I think I've told you a story. I had a friend who got dinner with Phil Mickelson one time and they ordered a second bottle of wine and, and my buddy asked him, um, be real. Do you like tiger? And Phil said, you know something? I don't think it's a secret that we're not friends. Um, but I have so much respect for what he's done as a player. And there's no denying that he has lined everyone who is associated with the PGA tours pockets by five X. And so to, for anyone to say that they like, don't like tiger, (laughs) is lying right if you like golf you kind of have to in some way 
right like tiger so, what, at least for, certainly what he's done for the game yeah. so when i hear comments like yesterday spieth doing his you know uh media time before before the the tournament champions here and they're like what 2018 storyline are you most looking forward to like career grand slams blah blah, blah. And he's like oh you know the biggest wild card's definitely tiger i think these guys know exactly what the fuck they are doing yep and so Stoking all this stuff, and, and right, so when, flames, Rick, when Ricky's yeah. like, oh yeah, bro, way past me. Tiger's way hit, past. it's so far past me, man. They're building a Walmart <laughs> between next his week ball and mine. See. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I yeah, think they yeah. know exactly what they were doing. I think they're all in on the joke. And you know what? I would be too, honestly. If there was yeah. a group of like 30 of us and we were all making money on one thing and like we could just, we could gas up one guy to, yeah, to, to grow the pie, like I'd totally do it too. So yeah. um, I will say from a, a playing standpoint, I was impressed with Tiger. He did much better than I thought he would. It doesn't change my expectations for him, which are very limited. But, you know, when we sat down two months ago and talked about this, the idea of Tiger winning a tournament was nowhere near my mind. I could see it. I don't think it'll happen, yeah. but I could see it. Well, you know, like I said, in, well, in pods past, but you can't count Tiger out because he's such a competitor, right? He's, he's like a, he's a Peyton Manning type of person, a Tom Brady type of person, these are the good these, catch. No, but these are athletes. <laughs> I'm just saying these are athletes that push through things that not everybody either wants to or has the will to or can. Um, you know, it, yeah, Tiger Woods. The odds are stacked against him winning, but I, I don't think Tiger believes that. I think he he since he was a kid always believed that he, that he was capable of winning any tournament he put the uh, the ball on the ground in you know so it'll be fun to see this year i hope he stays healthy i hope that um you know i hope he continues the momentum that he's built so we'll see it's gonna be an awesome 2018 yeah we'll see it, it definitely adds a, a variable that that i really wasn't expecting um and i can definitely stomach now a little bit more that it seems like he's gonna be a functional professional golfer and he's gonna yeah. make cuts and it's just not gonna be you know, oh, he's 20 shots back, but we're right, still watching. Right, right. Um, okay, off the course, a couple things happened. Um, Sergio and Xander Shoffley both announced they're switching to Callaway. Um, I think we talked about Sergio switching before um, and how yeah. it was a little odd that he, you know, wins the Masters, but then kind of the, the season didn't finish well for him. Yeah. Um, so fine, wanted to change. I get it. The Xander thing to me, um, this, this just smells like like dollar bills to me <laughs> probably um i don't know i mean the guy I, won the I tour championship say, his last time out and will, now he's you know he's he's got new shit well so i will say that the um the technology that you can always say like oh they're all pretty much the same i don't i don't believe that um i think that every so often uh technology comes out that is transformational and and is is very very good and effective if you're a guy like Certainly Sergio Garcia. I mean, if it was just Xander, just some of the other guys on tour, I wouldn't have really thought much about it. But Sergio Garcia has um, no financial incentive to play different equipment for the sake of it. He's coming off a master's win I, with TaylorMade, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, he picks up the club, likes what he sees. They can. I think a lot of them have in their contracts, they can just play whatever they want. But he picks it up. He grips it. Loves it. He regrips it. He regrips it. <laughs> <laughs> Continues regripping it. Um, Gets mad that Tiger also picked up a club on the other side of the fairway. <laughs> yeah, well, drunk New Yorkers heckle him from the stands at, at Bethpage. Um, but, you, you know, and, and I think, so he, he likes it, likes what he sees, um, and goes with it. An enterprising, you know, rep from, you know, picks up on this. Someone makes a phone call and says, you know, in addition to playing this equipment that you like, um, would you consider switching? So I think, I don't know. It's been an interesting year in equipment. You know, I think the Tiger Woods equipment story was very, very interesting. Um, certainly Tiger Woods being the longtime Nike guy. I've been a critic in the past of him hindering himself with inferior equipment. I don't believe that Nike had the best stuff out on tour, but they had the best players because they had the biggest checkbooks, right? Um, now that Nike Golf no longer exists in, a, in equipment capacity, It'll be interesting to see what guys like um, Tiger Woods and, and Rory McIlroy and even down the, the line, like the Paul Cases of the world who played that stuff for years, um, junk in my, in my book, now can put some proper golf equipment in their bags and you know we should, we should see what happens. But uh, yeah, it's cool to see. I, I'm not a big Callaway guy personally, but I tell you what, the, the Epic last year was a pretty, 
pretty cool looking golf club and uh, and a lot of guys i know switch to it and love it yeah i got a friend who uh played in college and bought bought a new one he said it's like hitting a trampoline it's pretty it says yeah excuse me it has an interesting sound it kind of has like it's all carbon fiber so it has that kind of a dull click sound to it but man yeah. it's a rocket launcher cool other news uh ricky turned 29 um making I, me feel old i man. wrote my God. customary uh ricky birthday post on your wall but you were on your honeymoon and didn't didn't like it well i'm sorry about that i was preoccupied valid <laughs> Um, Jordan Spieth got, speaking of love, Jordan Spieth got engaged to his longtime <laughs> girlfriend, Annie Verrett. Um, it's about goddamn time, Jordan. Yeah. He, well, he's like 24. Yeah. But they've been dating since high school. I, I high mean, school. That, high school. Yeah. They've well, been dating since high school. <laughs> they've been dating for a long, long time. And, uh, you know, Jordan has, Jordan has the, um, the, the, the hair, um, the hair of a 30 year old man, um, and now he has a, a fiance, a lovely fiance, and he looks like he dropped a few bucks on the on the ring. Yeah, it didn't um, look insignificant so at all. Good for him. He also posted a video of, of him just like drinking with his buddies and holding out in his in living room. That golf was simulator. so awesome. I don't know if you guys saw this, but first of all, he slam dunked it. Yeah, which I'm sure. I'm sure. I don't know. I don't know how realistic the. I think like, they're pretty. Yeah, but to like the cup size, maybe, maybe not. But yeah, he has like a, I don't know, a 30G uh, simulator, like a, a flight scope simulator in his basement, with the, which looks, I mean, it's man cave times infinity, right? It's awesome. Down there with the SB2K, what, soon to be 18 guys. Uh, and yeah, he slam dunks it post-engagement. Not a bad uh, not a bad week for the young man. No, I, as a younger person, I thought I'd have a movie theater in my house. And if you think about it, if you have like a big suburban house, you like could pull it off, I guess, if if the missus is right. willing. And a simulator isn't really all that different. I I wonder like what are the actual odds of having one? I bet you could play movies on a simulator, right? Like you could you could use a dual purpose the projector. Yeah, you just put like a couch in front of it, and it becomes a movie theater. That's how you sell it to the wife. Huh? I see, hun. It's a it's a movie theater. <laughs> we can enjoy this with our family and friends. Great, great also, video though. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's a twenty thousand dollar movie theater. Well, you know, when I pay out this Rory bet, you'll or win the Powerball tonight. There you go. Which also true. Um, <laughs> I have the... a good feeling about it, man. I tell you what, it's what one in three hundred million. Yeah, you got a better you got a better chance of getting a golf simulator in here than <laughs> winning the yeah, Powerball. Yeah, I do. Um, and uh, the Bills made the playoffs. And that's it. We have a diehard fan who uh, who is is from the Buffalo that's area, right. and and pretty sure it's the greatest day of his life. Uh, I'm happy for them. Uh, you know, as am I. There's not a lot that there's not there, there are a few injustices in this world that um, I, I find very that have stuck through time for me, and the Bills fan base just being continuously disappointed, having legitimate football teams in the past. Right, this is not the the Browns, right? Who just should just be dissolved and. You know, or move to another city, but um, <laughs> too soon. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, Cleveland just—it's not. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it was cool to see. I mean, people were freaking out about that. Yeah, like no, the Twitter. Like, it, but he went it, to the airport. Ridiculous. He was like, "It's like a normal person with like a, a an adult job." And yeah, and like, uh, this is legitimately the happiest day of my life. People who have like family and children, and that, no, Bill's making the finally. Making the playoffs. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they can pull an upset and we'll we'll see him in two or weeks. Or move to New England. I mean, we're, you know. I'm pro Bills. I, I went up there actually since we last recorded. I went up there and, and went to a game. And, uh, Did good, you good encounter people. the Bills Mafia? Uh, we had um, we had tickets in, in the, like, the box area. And our host did not really want, I think, like, walk with the swamp people in, in bill's mafia so we we took like a do people just we get walked by we, we walked by like game? we were like you know oh let's see like the christmas lights like hey, there they are but like let's go inside um so i i didn't see any uh yeah. no one getting slammed through a table um you know i saw a lot of friendly people who are obviously enjoying their uh their sunday off and and who care a lot about the team and and uh you know talking to them there was like look we kind of hate the team because we're just used to being let down, but we love the team more than like anything else. And, uh, they're a good team and they've, they've, you know, they've earned it. So yeah. I'm rooting for them this week. Go bills. Our lovable neighbors to the North. That's right. Okay. So, but now we're back. We are back. 
the PGA Tour is back. 2018 season has started. Tournament of Champions is underway. I have a game that I want to play with you when we kick off every tournament. Okay. Um, What's the game? Well, it's going to change every week, but it's the the general gist of this is going to be that I'm going to stump you or ask you something that you just like have no idea. That shouldn't be hard. Total, no, it shouldn't. <laughs> and I remember we one time were trying to figure out who what the sponsor of a tournament did. I think we were looking at like, it was some like Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, but it was like something else. So Mike, tell me right now without touching your computer, what does Sentry do? Sentry. I'm going to say. This is the Sentry Tournament of Champions. They got to be insurance of some sort. I'm guessing. Because the name Sentry to me signifies like someone's watching out for your better, your better, uh, or your best interests. Am I right? Am I close? You, you are right. Ha! But I couldn't tell you what type of insurance. Let me guess. Um, auto home and property, not life. No, they're life insurance. They gotta be life insurance. We are opening up Wikipedia here. They can't, they're not like a Geico. They're like uh, Northwestern business Mutual. insurance. Damn it. Their home office is as I, you would imagine in where's their headquarters. Uh, no Stevens point, Wisconsin. Jesus. Right next door, say. right next door to Kapalua. Um, <laughs> Yep. It's you know, I, I, it makes sense because the, the, the executives probably at this point are about to jump out the 30th floor window of their, I presume, large offices. Um, <laughs> so it's a good time to get out to uh, to Hawaii. Definitely. It's, I can tell you from personal experience, it's, it's considerably warmer there than it is in uh, Wisconsin right now. Probably true. Okay. So um, speaking of Wisconsin, so good job, actually. We have a we have a fan, a friend of the pod who lives in Madison, Wisconsin, who is currently in um, he's in Hawaii right now. He's on Maui where the tournament is being held at uh, Kapalua. I think they're going to go up there and take a look at it. Awesome. And they just had a big win in bowl season. That's right. Our defending champ is Justin Thomas. <laughs> um, shot a 59 last year and kind of kickstarted his his whole season. Um Speed won it the year before, um, pretty dominating fashion. That was when uh, you will recall uh, Golf 100 had its uh, had its its birth, um, and we 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 recapped. Uh, we tried that blog life for a bit. Yeah, it, uh, blog life was too hard. I got carpal tunnel, so now we do. It pods, is hard. I got to say, blogging is this is more fun to me. Oh yeah, a lot more character here. But yeah, that evolved into alternate shot, and here we are. Here we are. Um, so much impressive, like impressive field. So much like Justin Thomas, you know, we share yeah. that with him. We we both have this to thank for our current careers. That's right. So we have it, it's an impressive field. Uh, you have to to win uh, in the 2017 season to qualify. Um, so folks who are not there: Phil, Rory, Jason Day, Justin Rose, Paul Casey, Bubba Watson, uh, Tommy Fleetwood, Matt Kuchar, Patrick Reed, Adam Scott. Um, Tom Lehman, sadly, also not included. Uh, just something to keep in mind, just preempting the, yeah. you know, Ricky Fowler stinks and is overrated because he only wins three times this year or something. But he you wins. Know, winning right. is hard. It's very and hard. And a lot of very good players did not win last year, will not be there this week. Um, I Tiger, think, Tiger won't be there. Yeah, Sorry. I think people take that for granted. It, winning on the PGA Tour is insanely difficult. Yeah. Um, and there's a strange history here. So it's, it's a lot of odd winners. There was a time when the tournament right around the 2000s was basically Tiger, Phil, and Ernie won every year. Mm-hmm. Um, over the last handful of years, it's been JT Spieth, uh, Reed, Zach Johnson, Dustin Johnson. But before that, Jonathan Bird won it. Jeff Ogilvie won it twice in a row. Stuart Appleby won it three years in a row. Some guy named Daniel Chopra won it in 2008. Um, so anyone kind can win. You know, player, players are rusty. The, the gallery is really small. Hawaii is kind of like a weird topography, obviously. It's, so, it's a weird yeah, it's feeling so for people. For, yeah. The course is long as shit. There's like a 660-yard 18th hole. It's a par 73, the only one we get. Um, you were just out there. You were supposed to play the plantation course. I, I think yeah, you got we, rained out. It, but talk to me about out. the course and what you know about it. Well, so don't we didn't actually get to go up there because it was raining on the um, it's like the north northern side of the island. Um, Hawaii's weird like that, where... Part of the island can be just being drenched in rain, and, and the other part of the island can be totally, totally dry. But in preparation for the tournament, they told us that um, even if we could play, we were going to have to play off of mats everywhere you went. So they were going to, you know, carry around a small piece of, um, you know, astroturf, and then you'd hit off that to protect the golf course because it is open to the public. Uh, you can play it, and um, like out of the bunker. 
Well, no, not the bunker, down. but but all fairways, all you know, par threes. Obviously, on the you know tee box, you can you can tee it up. But they wanted to make sure that the golf course was not going to get beat up prior that was to the a stupid question. Sorry. Well, think about it. I mean, <laughs> you know, it is it is it. Normally, they'll close golf courses, right? Like if Beth Page is going to be open, they'll they'll shut the, the USGA will come in and shut that golf course down uh, prior to the the open or whatever they're going to have there, so that they can get it in fighting form for the for the players. But imagine if like you know my divot, like my chunked sand wedge, is what Jordan Spieth's, um, you know drive rolls into um you know that would not be <laughs> it would be suboptimal for the uh, the viewing audience and the players alike alike so i understood why they did it it was too bad uh that we got rained out i still would have played even with the mats but um i've always wanted to go play kapalua but to your point it's like a wild adventure style golf course you know par 73 you don't see that a lot and it's a, a bear uh like i said earlier the golf courses out there um you know, growing up in New England, they're they're typically short. There, there's very few over seven thousand yard golf courses here in New England, um, and if they are, they've been you know modified specifically for the purpose of holding events out there. Like all the resort courses are like that. It's 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 crazy. So Kapalua was going to be, um, you know, a fun sort of thing to do, but yeah, it was. I think it rained like two inches that day up there. So yeah. it was, well, it was, that'll it was do nuts. it. Yeah, yeah, I can. Uh, I've only played a couple like very weird topographies. I, I played out in Utah one time and just every tee was elevated. You know, we were probably at seven or 8,000 feet, like desert rocks. So you got like a ton of rolls. It was very different. I remember I did not play well because I was like not accustomed to it. Yeah. Um, also had rentals, which didn't help, but, um, <laughs> but it was just weird. Like I remember, you know, you're like, right. okay, I'm, I'm 150 yards out, like pull, you know, your, your pitching wedge and, over the green like what the hell i've never is that? played like, an altitude yeah, we, like that but you're yeah, right it, and it's, it's like a totally different experience yeah so I, I just can't imagine playing you know a, a course that's built on lava right and that's yeah the amount of roll you probably get and i don't know i just bet but it's just a different game and the wind out there is nuts because this time of year is their you know their rainy season their winter season uh it's when the you know the pipe masters surf competition was going on when we were out there it's when the biggest waves hit the north shore of the islands um and that northern wind uh can kick up pretty pretty heavy so when we played the courses we played were on the southern parts of the uh, the two islands we were at for our honeymoon and you know we, we didn't experience the crazy wind but they were saying that the wind up there can get to be uh you know 30 miles an hour 40 miles an hour at gusts maybe even more you add that to the seven, what is it, seventy three hundred, seventy yeah. four hundred yard golf course. Yeah. Now you're talking about holes that are, I mean, like nothing you would see um, on the mainland. So it's a, it's sort of an alien experience, but that's what makes it kind of cool. And I think it's a fitting venue for the, uh, you know, for the one event that you have to win the prior year to get into. Yeah, it's a great uh, kind of visual experience too to watch at home. Um, it stands out in that you see, like you said, you know. 400 yard drives because you you hit this you hit the shoot and the thing just rolls forever you get like humpback whales like doing flips and shit in the ocean <laughs> yeah. um you know and and the the holes are so long where you you know people going for a par five and two is is nothing new bubba hitting driver off the deck you know <laughs> is but hit but reaching the 665 yard par right. five and two um driver driver is weird so it's uh and obviously the field like we mentioned is is loaded so it's an awesome tournament to watch and it's also just good um to like watch pro golf again like oh, it's so good it's been, it's been it's only been two months um it well, feels like longer you mentioned like when we were growing up the silly season was just that right these were like exhibition matches that guys you know tournament of champions it was fun guys sort of getting back in the swing of things but now it's dead serious because you know you win one of these events you can get to the masters you can obviously this one these guys have all won but Early season golf has become much more fun to watch because the players take it more seriously. The fields are much stronger. Um, the, just generally, the, the the product of of golf, the PJ Tour in this part of the year has just gotten much better. Yeah, and it's just the way to kick off the season. Um, it's it's removed from mainland US, so it's a little different. Um, the mm-hmm. the you know the final round is they're gonna put out at like nine thirty or ten on Sunday, which is great. <laughs> as you know, I'm sitting watching TV at 10 o'clock on most Sundays and we'll have golf to watch now. Um, but you know, just thinking last year to what JT did, this, this is how he started the year. He shot that 59. He won, he actually only won the event last year, by like two or three over Matsuyama. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but then he went and won the Sony and he just, just put his foot down really early. Like this is my year and everyone needs to pay attention to me. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure I see anything like that happening this year, but imagine, you know, uh, DJ goes and, and wins this tournament by five and he's like, Hey, like, I'm back. Remember me? Like, yeah. remember the best start on the tour of all time before I hurt my back? Like, I'm back. And, and you know, there are a bunch of other players, too, where, um, where you could see them kind of make a statement by winning this tournament. So what uh, what do you expect to see uh, from this field? Like I said, I think it's a, it's a strange event in that it's a thin field. There's not a ton of, of patrons there, so just kind of the guys out there doing their own yeah. thing. Um, but it's an elite field, a weird course, but you know, everyone goes really, really low. Like the winning score every year is like 25 under or something. Um, where's your head at? I think this tournament's going to highlight, um, guys who can hit the ball straight. Well, straight, long and straight, but, but guys who have the overall driving percentage, right? So that's why Matsuyama was, you know, a contender. Justin Thomas has improved dramatically in that, in that aspect. Um, I, I don't see the, the, the huge bomb and gouge guys controlling it there. If the wind picks up, I haven't, seen the weather forecast out there yet but um it will it will penalize you deeply if you if you if you put the ball out of play but if you can control where that ball is going to land that driver is a huge advantage out there you know to your point into the wind it, it means that you might be able to hit a par four into which it sounds crazy but it's a total reality out there almost like british open conditions in that way like the links kind of a feel but then when you're downwind um, you can get a little bit too earnest with a driver and put the ball in a really bad spot, right? It's almost a, a more of a priority to hit hit it exactly where you want to. So the guys who have the overall driving percentage numbers, I think, are the ones you're going to see at the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's it's um, <clears throat> typically in a course you can see a pattern of of people who've won or, or done well, right? And you know, in this course, Spieth has three starts and he has three top threes. Now, yeah. Spieth plays well in a lot of places, but then you look at you know JT and DJ have won here before. You're like, okay, maybe we've just talked about how length is important. Okay, well, Zach Johnson's one here before. Yeah, so maybe control. it isn't. It's, I think it's, it's a sort of who's ready to go. Um, and I think it's what the course gives you. I mean, the weather's a big component here. It's usually not in, in domestic U.S. golf, but it is there. It's, it's similar in a lot of ways, like I said earlier, you know, to, to the British Open feel in that, you know, one day could be wildly different from the other. Your, your start time could be wildly different from another player's later in the afternoon or early in that morning. So it's it's... It's a fun event in that way. Um, it's not as dead serious as the the British, obviously, but it certainly provides you with that type of environmental exposure that we don't see a ton in uh, you know the Florida Swing or the West Coast. Definitely true. Um, I always like to pick a name or two of someone who's a, a first timer at the event who um, you know either because they played well, you know, and we're in the thick of the season, like hey, this guy's like played well the last three other weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, Someone who's new to this stage, uh, John Rahm. I feel like we haven't heard a lot from him. Yeah, weirdly. Since he had this, you know, this kind of sprint through the FedEx Cup. He was in the top five. He didn't play any of the silly season tournaments. He's not done a lot of press or anything. Um, he, you know, didn't really make a run at the at the the race to Dubai. Yeah. If there's someone who's going to kind of jump out and put their foot down the way JT did last year, I think it's probably him. Um, mm-hmm. Complete game, distance, um, and in the sense that this is a Ryder Cup year. This is, uh, you know, right now the top three players in the world are Americans. Um, the international players uh, who had been dominant for a long, long time, you know, uh, Rory, uh, Justin Rose, and some others. Um, even just the international flavor as well with with Jason Day, that's that throne is kind of vacant, and I could uh, I could envision us you know doing the pod in five days here and talking about John Rom just beat mm. the shit out of everybody in Hawaii. Yeah, I think so. It's interesting that you mentioned Rom. I was thinking about this the other day, back to a pod that we had talking specifically about how he needs to grow up and get more serious about his game. And that the temptation is when you have success or less less serious, he's, you know, he's like 12 shots back and he's like throwing his rake. That's what I mean. Getting more composure and becoming a professional as opposed to a incredibly talented, you know, kid. And that's the difference between, and and guys who can make that transition successfully have lots of success. Guys who can't uh, fade into, you know, fade into oblivion. Right. And, And the reason for that is 
the temptations on the PGA Tour, especially today's day and age, are so much greater than they were in the past, right? You're, you're on private jets. You have millions of dollars. You have exposure all over the world. And then couple that with the added expectation from your sponsors to do uh, pro-ams, to do appearances, to do all types of stuff, whether it's commercials or, um, you know, uh, photo shoots for magazines, th- things that you were in when you were in college were completely insulated from and you had no obligation other than just showing up, going to the range and going out and competing. Some guys are naturally better than that, better at that. Like the, when I mean, you look at a guy like Ricky, right? Golf Digest cover, he just naturally took to that. Didn't, didn't really have a, a challenge with that. But a guy like Rom, that pressure can mount up and it can, it can start to affect your game. And all of a sudden shots that you were hitting great, well, you haven't been practicing that hard this month and now you're missing them. That, that builds frustration. You know, whatever it is, it can lead to, you know, uh, problems. So my hope is that this quiet time, this, this sort of away from the spotlight was him buckling down, getting on a range with his swing coach and, um, you know, really committing to the thing that got him here in the first place, which is playing incredibly good golf. Yeah, and just as we talked about the start of the season, um, you know, Ram went to ASU, and we have these two Hawaii events, and we have four events in Southern California and one in Phoenix. Um, so, kind of home-ish turf, as much as sure. as much as the Southwest of the United States can be home for someone from Spain, um, it, you know. But it kind of is. He'll definitely have a crowd Certainly. behind him at the yeah. waste management. So, I don't know. I, I could imagine you're right. If if everything you just mentioned, if he's taken those lessons to heart, um, you know, I often sort of take the side of the person who I think is most focused and motivated that week. You know, I don't think JT has much to prove this week. I don't think Jordan Spieth has a lot to prove this week. Um, I don't think Greg Fowler has a lot to prove this week because he won the hero. Like this, like a mirror event of this, like four weeks ago, like, Oh, cool event in like a weird venue. But like, okay. Um, Yeah. Rom has like something to prove. Like he he, he can, he can kind of like psych himself up for this. Um, so I'm going to take him to win. I, I think that he I like that pick. He cares probably more about performing this week than most other people. I can imagine a lot of other guys thinking, you know what, I want to go play well, get back to right. the routine of it, be good to be around the guys, be good to have it matter, um, be good to have a putt that matters for more than just like you know the cash game that I have going on. <laughs> um, I think a lot of people will be very content coming in 15th. Right. It's almost like the the guys who I are think out John of contention. Wants to win. It's kind of like the the guys who are out of contention at the in the FedEx Cup in the in the final couple of rounds or final couple of events. You know where they they simply mathematically can't win it. But uh, we you know we talked about that, right? Yeah. So there's nothing really on the line Wes here. Bryan. Yeah. If you win a if you win a PGA Tour event, it's a life changing thing, right? Yeah. Forget the money you win from that event. It's it. You know, you're you're between the exemptions and the sponsorship and and the. Um, you know, the global invitations to go play around the world, it's life-changing. So no one needs this win. But you're right. I think for Rom, it's building momentum heading into a season um, that is friendly, home field, home field-ish territory heading into the Masters. Like, that's a very, very appealing thing for a guy like Rom who, you know, may have lost some of that momentum last year and, and, and wants to sort of, you know, get back on track. Yeah. No, and I mean, and Rom has a big year ahead of him. He certainly does. He is going to be... Um, a, a critical member of the European team in the Ryder cup, right? He's going to be relied upon. Um, he's going to need to win points. So to whatever degree he needed time to like grow up and grow into the role, like the time's like almost over. He's probably got two months and then it's going to be like, John Rom, you are a top five player in the world and you ought to matter at Sunday at the masters and you ought to matter at the U S open. You ought to matter at the British and you ought to matter at the Ryder cup. Yeah, he has the physical game to compete in any event. I mean, he's he's proven that, but it's the mental game that he needs to show the world that he can actually control and manage and, you know, not be his own worst enemy. So, yeah, this is going to be a fun event to see. If he carries some momentum, I mean, he's going to be a <laughs> he'll be a pool pick for sure uh heading yeah. into the majors, so. Who you got? <sighs> Man, it's so hard. I it's it's just hard to pick against, you know, the the, the young three, the big three now. I like Justin Thomas. I think that he is, of those guys that are topping everybody's list this week, he's the one that's that's shown throughout, certainly the end of last season, that he has sharpened his game and maintained that sharpness through an incredibly demanding uh, postseason. His, um, his 
interviews have, I think to me, just demonstrated his maturity that, that he's changed. He's, he's grown up a lot. Um, you know, he's got kind of that Spieth esque, uh, demeanor these days in conversations and it just, his swing looks really, really good. So it's hard to bet against him. So he's my pick this week. Yeah. And he's also our defending champ. He won the Sony last yep. year, as we've discussed, um, probably more than needs to be discussed. He's won twice in Malaysia and he won in Korea. So he's obviously pretty used to kind of playing in these, um, you know, Pacific Rim uh, settings. Um, <laughs> it's hard to do it, man. It's yeah. hard to get on a plane and go wake up in a totally different time zone um, and put four rounds on the card and, and, and compete. So I actually, you know, and again, it's not like, you know, they're just coming out of Jupiter and have been on the range all the time. These, these guys have been doing interviews. I mean, Ricky was just in New York for yeah. golf digest. Like, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Looking to me like that a they can, snack on the cover. <laughs> Yeah, getting that Olympics tattoo front and center. Um, in case you forgot. Olympic year, by the way. Winter Olympics. Yeah. Ice golf coming 2020. They did the hockey Olympic team the other day. So, like, there's no NHL players on it because the NHL pulled out for some reason. So, the team is, like, half BU people, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. But also, like, know half these people and, like, they're not Olympic hockey players. So, like... I don't know. It's kind of cool. I like the idea that in the Olympics that you know, amateurs can, because a lot of the sports just don't have a professional component, right? So you have guys who moonlight. Yeah, no, I know. Like Ray, Ray Bork's kid isn't like an amateur though. He's been a minor league hockey player for 11 years. He's, yeah, he played for Choate. So, you know, yeah, you, you got me there. <laughs> um, I didn't go to Choate. Um, one other name just to, to float. I'll like half cheat here. Cause you know, we're shaking the rest off as a pod and you know, the players are shaking the rest off. So I'm, I'm going to take a second guy here. Um, Brooks Kepka played really well at this tournament um, two years ago. Has the game that that matches up kind of. He's very similar to JT and to DJ and to other players who've had a lot of success here. A guy who also um, didn't do a whole lot after he won his major. Um, he he didn't like melt. Oh, well, he didn't melt but down. He, but he didn't yeah, like. He, he didn't. I don't think he won again. No, um, but he, he played. And I don't think strong. we talked about him he during the FedEx Cup playoffs. Right. right. Um, so you know, another guy who he won the U.S. Open. Everyone's like, oh, like. Could could he? Because because of course, like oh, could he like be the 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 the, the challenger to Spieth? And then like but he was just so his, his, he had such command of the game that week that was kind of oh he was unstoppable. To, so yeah, yeah he he's sort of as another guy who um, I think could have taken the winter to like apply himself and not that he didn't apply himself, but to kind of like buckle down and refocus and and someone who could have motivation this week to go and like kick a few teeth in. Um, yeah. and is probably maybe just a little bit more ready to go and fired up for the week uh, than others. And I, I think he has the game that really suits the the length of the course. So I'll also sort of put Brooks in my back pocket. Um, DFL feels <laughs> weird in like a small field picking a DFL. Yeah, and they're all great players, obviously, but I got one. I, mine's going to be Bryson DeChambeau. Okay, mine too. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> I'm not surprised there. I think Bryson's been distracted this uh, this offseason. I think he's a type of player that can't afford to be distracted with how unorthodox his game is and what it requires. And What do you mean by that? Well, I think that his... In what do you... I'm sorry. How was he distracted? What did he do? Well, he played with Trump and, you know, he's gone on this sort of continued campaign against... Fred and Taylor Funk played with Trump the other day. No, not... not, not I'm 50% certain that Taylor Funk listens to this pod, so... <laughs> So the well, I that. <laughs> well, they're also not in contention for, for, you know, trying to win majors this year. So, well, Fred might, but, uh, on the champions tour, but, um, I think that part of, part of the discipline of being, of wanting to be a contender is knowing when to pull back. And I think that Bryson's demeanor from day one was to just aggressively attack and be this independent sort of uh odd streak on the tour and that i think suits him well you know down to the whole you know the Payne stewart or Payne stewart hat and the whole um you know i'm going to reinvent the golf game and you know the golfing machine ethos that he has i just think that 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 coupled with um what has been a fairly uh prolific pr tour in the off season to me doesn't it hasn't hasn't uh been fruitful for guys who've done the same thing in the past and I think a guy like him who's massively talented and from what I understand um is actually a a pretty decent decent guy um it's just adding more stuff he's got to contend with in addition to the incredible uh field that he's gonna have to go out there and beat so 
I wouldn't be surprised to see him just, uh, you know, pull up lame early and, and uh, kind of limp to the finish line. But who knows? Yeah, so he's been playing. So I think we've discussed we just kind of don't like the cut of his jib. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. I just don't. And I'm sure if I, I don't even met him or, you know, if he like somehow makes a U.S. team, I'm, I'm going to get behind him. But I just like I just I don't like it. I'm with you. He just he draws a lot of attention to himself. Um, but in this sort of the silly season, he was T17 at the Safeway. He was T7 at the Shriners, um, T14 at the OHL. So he's he's like, he's played well enough, but he's also in one of the more select fields uh, that the tour can produce, right? And I just, yeah. I don't think that, um, you know, he has demonstrated kind of the lasting quality right? Um, that's required. I mean, there's some other players on here who, who you know, got one win like like you know, Pat Kazir and Austin Cook and, and guys like that who I, I don't have you know very high expectations of either um but yeah Bryce Bryson just feels worth talking about as someone who I don't think <laughs> is going to do a terribly good job and by the way we talked about the weird like elevation changes in the the yeah. kind of oddly um the, the odd impact that weather can have on this tournament and when you have built yourself into like a golf robot yeah. and you have like a protractor you know, in your bag, um, trying to figure out which club to hit, you know, I think those little things can be the margin. They can make a big difference. Um, and if he hasn't been out there playing this course for like two weeks, I don't think he's going to have quite the, the, um, the accuracy that, that someone who has a more traditional game uh, is going to bring. So there we go. We both got Bryson. We should probably keep track of this, by the way, and do some sort of scoring system. I'm in this, so I'm, I'm in this this PGA Tour, um, like PGATour.com sponsored fantasy league. The scoring system on this league is absurd. Like, and I've I've made this comment before. You and I, in our free time, host a podcast book off. We, I think, we're on the right side of the bell curve of like <laughs> knowing these guys. There's like a scoring yeah. table. There's score related round under 65 round under 70 birdie eagle double eagle par bogey double bogey right and you get like plus minus points depending on good or bad it's like stable like stable yeah there are rules for driving the rules for approach there are rules for your short game there are rules I like for that, hitting the ball in and out of the water it, well, but it makes it, watching like, them fun it's not like you know what did they post today well it's you like, know oh like if you it, we cut to 15 Deshambo like if he misses a fairway. You know, they, no, I know, but like sometimes I don't know. Like it's a simple game, it's like right? Like, betting. well, it's like a simple game. Like hit the ball straight and like putt well. You right, know, baseball, right. like see ball, hit ball, <laughs> right? right. And this is sort of like, metrics. No, I know, but it's just it, I feel like if you go six under par, you're gonna get me ten points in this thing, yeah. and if you go six over par, you're gonna get me negative ten points, and we can add fifty eight coefficients <laughs> to that equation, or we can just kind of like add up the scores like we do in the master's pool. Right, right, right. So I don't know this, I'm looking at this thing and I feel like I'm in a beautiful mind and I just sort of looked at it. And I was like, you, <laughs> you know, know, the, the red string going across the room from different bulletin boards. Well, yeah. And I was just looking, I was like in my head, I was like, well, who drives well, well, who blah, 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 blah. And I was like, you know what? I'm taking DJ speed, Matsuyama and Ricky Fowler. That's it. So you can only take people three times per like, um, every two months they break the league up anyway. So I'm, I'm going to be a little, it's funny. Like I always, I watched uh, on the airplane to Hawaii, um, uh, Moneyball and that scene in Moneyball where they're all the old scouts are, are, are weighing players like you know he's got a good jawline and <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, his girlfriend's not hot enough that means he doesn't have a lot of confidence like yeah. you know what I mean like w- meanwhile you and I are like you know trying to you know build algorithms to, to look at you know strokes gained average and you know greens and regulations you know inside I don't know 150 yards but honestly, the, the stats available to you now on P, on uh, the PGA.com and then obviously through the thousands of other websites that analyze this stuff, it almost mean it almost to me feels like it's overkill, but it's maybe we should go back to that. Maybe we should just be like, you know, Ricky Fowler, to your point, I like the cut of his jib. Well, no, I remember money line, you know, they were talking, they were previewing this tournament on, on golf channel and they're saying like Justin Thomas last year was like 110th in putting. And like you and I have gone back and forth about Kyle Stanley, blah, 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 and how he can't putt, you know, and yet Jordan had the year that he had and they're like, well, imagine if he gets slightly better at putting. Well, every time I watched, uh, excuse me, Justin Thomas, every time I saw him in a key moment, he was making putts he needed to make. Yeah. And we talked, I think at one point, like Ricky was number one strokes gained tee to green last year. Or strokes gain total. Yeah. Right? And everyone's saying, oh, you didn't win enough. You know, so it's funny. Like, right. there, there are these circumstances of opportunity where, 
you know, I don't know if you're, if you're kind of like sort of out of it on Sunday and you like three putt from 18 feet on the 12th hole and you're in 74th, like, like who cares? Yeah. But that's the thing but about, that'll go into, that'll yeah. go into like the statistics. Right. And that's the thing about what Moneyball is actually about, which was the aggregate of a team of players. So if you're looking at a, a season long bet, who you want to put your money on, Ricky's a good guy to do that with because he's going to consistently be in play, like in contention. Right. But you can't simulate and you can't model out what pressure does to a guy when he's got a chance to win the Masters for the first time, right? Because yep. one swing, one mental decision, like Jason Day last year, right? Like a guy who's won multiple majors just all of a sudden got one. Sorry, one major. Um, but but makes makes a really really dumb decision and costs almost takes himself completely out of the tournament um, and certainly you know gave himself took himself out of a chance to win, you know, yet another major. So the, the, the modeling can lead you to better picks, but it doesn't mean that you're going to be able to pull, you know, pull the club out of the bag and execute the shot that you need to hit, um, to actually win the golf tournament. So, yeah. Um, but I guess that's why these, these fantasy leagues have to be that way. Otherwise, no, I mean, and, they're, and they're fun and like, you know, yeah. you watch Moneyball and you're like, Oh, isn't it like a cool story? And then it's like, yeah, but also but they, they had, didn't win the World Series. Well, they right? also had yeah. Barry Zito, Tim Hudson, and yeah, Mark yeah, Mulder. Yeah. Like Fair. they were loaded. <laughs> like um, you know that part wasn't in the movie. Like Scott Badenberg had nothing to do with that. Right. Um, I uh, but it's, that's one of my favorite movies. I one time in a job interview, the guy the guy goes, "Who's your hero? Who's a hero of yours?" And I was like, uh, "Billy Bean." Like I just love the way he like took this one hundred year old like oldest shit mentality of putting together a team and you just like applied this new like logical reasoning to it and blah 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 and the guy just goes oh, I didn't see the movie and I was sitting there I was like Jesus well Christ. go fuck myself because <laughs> yeah. I'm not working here um okay <laughs> so quick season preview I think that you know during our little snowpocalypse here we might snowshoe out maybe we can do a, a full season preview if we have time or, or we'll do it at some point in the next sure. couple of weeks but um We'll do a bigger one, but I, I can't help but think, you know, as we start the week, at least just at a high level, talk about the season ahead. So we, we fly out of the gate. I mentioned this earlier, but all the tournaments between now and the end of February, pretty legit. Uh, tournament champions, the Sony, the Career Builder, uh, the Farmers, Waste Management, Pebble Beach Pro-Am, Riviera, and the Honda. Um, you know, those are those are big events. If you win one of those, you had like a good year. You know, Ricky won the Honda last year yeah. and, and bought it. he kind of hung his hat on it for a little bit. Um, big purses. They're fun tournaments to watch too. You know, you get big names, you get people kind of making moves um, and, and putting their foot down for the year. Beyond that, we have Rory, Phil, and Spieth all going for career grand slams. In that order, Rory will have his first chance at Augusta, um, Phil at the Open, and then Spieth um, at the PGA. So we got to wait a little bit of time for that. We got a bunch of guys looking for bounce back years after really kind of disappointing last year. You think about guys like Rory and, and Day and, and Bubba and, and some others. The JT Spieth rivalry. Will Ricky join the ranks? Will Xander make a leap like JT did last year? What about Bryson? What's Tiger going to do? We got a Ryder Cup team to put together. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to yeah. look forward to. It's a good year in golf. It's going to yep. be a lot of fun doing the pod this year because there's so much to talk about. What is the thing? And I, I have a hunch it's going to be, you know, Tiger. But like, what what is no. the thing that to you is going to be the most fun part of 18? Well, first of all, just just the the questions you just you just laid out. Um, the fact that we can ask all those questions. Uh, here in January is an indication of like how fun this year is going to be and how good the field's gotten. Um, you know, we talked last year about this evolution from, and it's funny, like when you earlier, when you were talking about the guys who'd won this tournament in the past, it's interesting to look at that as a bit of an allegory of like the transition of power from what was to what is and where we are right now with, um, you know, the big three or four, if you want to include, uh, you know, uh, Ricky Fowler in that conversation. Um, <sighs> these guys can go out there and win, but the rest of the field's pretty good too. Like you mentioned, Kepka and uh, Rom, and you know, to your point, even Phil has an opportunity, and Tiger has an opportunity to make a uh, make some waves this year. So, but for me, the the big story is going to be Rory McIlroy. I think that Rory McIlroy has an opportunity here to make or break his chance at a legacy, his chance at Tiger level dominance um or or hall of fame numbers he's got to start winning majors and i know that sounds ridiculous right majors are are you know one is is, is a life-changing and and you know potentially um history-making event for any player but rory 
has the game. He has the complete game. He has the power. He has the control. He can putt. He has the ability to mentally put himself uh, or not make mistakes. It it was disappointing for me last year to see him not do better. Um, and I think that he's worked very, very, very hard. Uh, you want to talk about a guy that's taken himself completely out of the limelight and worked very, very hard in the offseason on his game. Like He tops my list. So I would love to see Rory uh, have a strong start to the season. Uh, a couple of wins early will change the conversation dramatically as we head into the Masters. Um, number two on that list is certainly going to be the rivalry between Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas. We talked about it and said, you know, man, wouldn't it be something? And you rightfully, you know, <laughs> checked me a little bit on that and said, you know, that Justin Thomas has a lot to do before we can put him in the same conversation as Jordan Spieth. I think he's approaching that. I think that Justin Thomas has demonstrated an ability to compete consistently at a high level, obviously. Um, and I think that he's demonstrated a an ability to, you know, while maintaining his friendship with these guys and, and doing all the things that the SB, 2K, whatever it is, whatever year it is, can do, maintain his dominance at the top of the, uh, the, the list for the tour players. So I think he has a physical advantage over Jordan Spieth. I think that maybe in the putting category, he... Um, you know, he has a little bit of a disadvantage against Jordan, but that should flesh out well as we walk through the, uh, you know, the first quarter of the season here. So that to me is the one that I'm going to be following. And, uh, I really, really, really am looking forward to this year. So I think we're, we're pretty aligned, uh, per usual on this. The, the Rory thing, we, we have teased the bet on the pod. I'm going to read it. To whom it may concern, this is the bet of all bets. If by Mike's 50th birthday, Roy McElroy has won more major championships than Tiger Woods, then Mike pays Matt fifteen thousand dollars. If by that time Rory does, and but to be clear, this this isn't just laying around. This is like I don't have fifteen thousand dollars. I don't either. You. So uh, not yet. Um, if by that time okay, Rory you can owe me. Yeah. Well, that's why we put a little clause in here. If by that time Rory McIlroy does not have Who's more majors than Tiger Rocco. Woods, Matt pays Mike ten grand in the event of a tie. The bet is pushed. I think we're both rooting for a tie here. Um, there's a buyout after ten years on Mike's fortieth birthday. Um, where you can buy out for sixty five coming up hundred bucks. Um, so I have a vested interest in Rory doing well. Um, this bet was made after he had won. Um, he'd won the PGA. Yep. Or sorry, he'd won the British Open um, by like six or seven. Then he won the PGA after the bet. So I was feeling pretty good. Then he crushed Ricky. You know, we went and took like four points at the Ryder Cup. Um, at Glen Eagles, he crushed Ricky, shot like a 28 on the front nine in their Sunday match. And he was on top of the world. And then he kind of hasn't done anything. Well, and then, I mean, to be fair, like that was prior to in the majors, rise of yeah. Jordan Spieth, right? It, it Jordan was. came out of nowhere and became, you know, because yeah, back 15, then. 15, 16, so right. The well, thinking back behind then, the, the bet thought was, was that he was heir apparent to Tiger. And we as golf fans always assumed that there was going to be one dominant player, right? Jack Nicholas, Tiger Woods, and well, now it's going to be Rory McElroy. And the idea that there could be multiple dominant players at the same time, like wasn't something we anticipated. So it was easy for everyone to say, well, how do you beat Rory McElroy? Well, you, you just have to show up on a day where he doesn't come to play. Mm -hmm. But then you get guys like Jordan Spieth who go out there and beat Rory when he's playing great. And now all of a sudden the conversation changes. So I think it's unfair to compare him with Tiger in that Tiger didn't Tiger came on to a very different uh, playing field in that he didn't have the same competition early in his career uh, that that um, that Rory's had to deal with. So I, I love my position on the bet. Don't get yeah, me wrong. No, I mean, Tiger but, Tiger at his peak was like immortal, right? I remember Y.E. Yank beat him and it was like, whoa, yeah. oh my God. Like, I can't believe I just saw like the late 90s Yankees lose a game. Like, I can't believe I just saw the 96 Bulls lose a game. Like, it was it was a shock when it happened. Um, Rory had all this momentum and then kind of just didn't do a lot in 2015. He was the player of the year in, in 2016, so I'm, I'm not going to, or maybe not technically player of the year, but he won the he won the FedEx Cup and, and the Tour Championship and all that. So he, it's not like he did nothing. Um, but you know, then like Patrick Reed went and beat him on Sunday and it was just sort of this, it, it yeah. he felt like a mortal and then last year did nothing. So I'm willing to give some of this away to young kid kind of growing up. He like broke up and whatever. Yeah. And then he, you know, now he's like married and he's settled down and he's, he's hopefully healthy, but like, I got to see something out of Rory before the yeah. masters. If I'm going to 
consider including him in the top like seven or eight players in the world. He, hasn't, he just hasn't done it in a while. So I hope there's a, a Rory revenge tour here. I hold out a lot of hope for a Spieth and, and Rory uh, rivalry because they're so different. Um, you know, if, if Justin Thomas is the American version uh, of the American guy on that side of the rivalry, mm-hmm. fine. But but Spieth and Roy are so different in the way they approach the game. Um, I think it would be kind of a truer rivalry the way that Phil and Tiger were rivals because they were like different and you kind of took a side. You either right. took the the Tiger side because of the aggressive manner in which he played and the, you know, the, right. the way he dressed and blah, blah, blah versus the Phil way of, of you know, being very different. Yeah. Um, so that's one. Um, two, I think, is John Rahm. I really want to see how he, what he becomes. Um, I think John Rahm could be a generationally excellent World Golf Hall of Fame five-time major champion player, or he could be Anthony Kim. Yeah, I and hope he's not. and he's better than Anthony Kim ever was. But like, and we're gonna do a pot on Anthony Kim at some point. I think he's already passed Anthony Kim on the. Well, Anthony Kim played go, on the no, Ryder go. Cup. And I know. crushed everybody, and he just like he was like the next great hope, and then he just sort of like let and that's that's let by the, the way let the nine inches between his ears yeah. ruin everything else. And the and Kim story is one we should we should address in a pod at some point. And we will. It's a fascinating story. But you're right. Um, you can have all the talent in the world physically, but if you can't hack it uh, mentally on a golf course, the tour will eat you alive. And I hope that. I agree with you. I think that the Rom story, because he's a likable guy and, you know, you want to see him do well. I think part of it too is that, you know, at least the guys that we've all known throughout the great Spanish players, um, wear their emotions on their sleeves, uh, from Seve to obviously to, um, Sergio have had these checkered incidents of outbursts and, but then also that's what makes them so lovable. Right. And approachable in that they, we see some of ourselves uh, frustration on a golf course in these players who are at an elite level. We've seen that in a young John Rahm. You know, who knows? Maybe Sergio pulls him aside and says, listen, here's a couple of things that helped me in my career and uh, the way that Seve helped Sergio. So I would love to see him do well. And I mean, certainly he has the game to do so. So, yeah, totally agree. And then, and then number three for me, and, and this I don't think is unique to me, but, but, particularly acute for me is is phil i i really do feel like there is uh and maybe i'm wrong with this and you and i have actually kind of gone back and forth about this you feel like phil is this like loopy swing and and clearly has a a developed a pace to his career now where injuries aren't gonna like just end his career um it's like his game is gonna fall apart but i see all these young players coming up every week like every time siwoo kim shows up and plays really well it's just one percent harder for phil to win and now we get Xander and, and, you know, yep. Rom's going to play over in the side of the, of the, of the ocean more. So is Tommy Fleetwood. Like every time those guys teed up, it just gets like 1% harder for him to do it. I really do feel like this year is if he's going to go win again, frankly, but win a major, it's got to be soon. If he's going to win the U S open, it's got to be soon. Um, and I also feel like this will probably be the last time that he plays his way onto a Ryder cup team. Um, you know, he almost didn't make it in the president's cup last year. So he, this is like, it it is definitely in the kind of the twilight hours of, of Phil's career. So I don't know if he, if he goes and has a, you know, a a rough start here in the Southwest, you know, where he also has played very well. I think half of his wins are in the state of California. Um, you know, the season, the season starts out well for him. I hope to see him go play well, have a couple top fives, then I'll have a lot of good feelings about what his year is going to look like. Um, if he struggles, he's missing cuts. He's not playing well. You know, the last time we saw him at the President's Cup, he was awesome, and we saw him like make a charge during the FedEx Cup, and he, he his game showed up well at the end of last year. It was non-existent in the middle yeah. of the year when he got rid of Bones. So we'll see. I'm a little that, nervous about it. I, yeah. I hope uh, I hope to see the a, a good version of Phil. Small part of me is worried that we won't, and uh, that'll be a, a story. Well, I tell me. you what: if there's a year for Phil to win the U.S. Open, it's this year at Shinnecock. That's yeah. what Corey Pavin won. Corey Pavin, obviously, not a very long player. Um, Phil will have uh, le- not an advantage, but less of a disadvantage there um, compared to a place like a Beth Page or a Oakmont or you know a, a Pebble Beach, where you know to your point. Phil's hitting five irons and and DJ's hitting you know seven or eight irons in and that that wears on you over seventy two holes. So 
if Phil can come out strong early on in the season and get his game into fighting form through the Masters, you know, he's I think I believe personally he's always in contention with the Masters. But um, yeah, I agree with that. You know, I think this year would be his maybe last chance to to win that elusive U.S. Open. Yeah, he's the runner-up there. They yeah. love him in the tri-state. Um, he's around all his Wall Street buddies, so you he know he should be right uh, at home. That's yeah, right, exactly. So uh, I'm I'm with you. I think this this sets up nicely for him. It's gonna be a hell of a year of golf, man. I'm like really excited. It really is. I'm really excited. Yeah. I'm fired up. Yeah, I mean, just envision a world where Tiger and Phil just kind of disappoint, and it's like, well, that's too bad. But we have you know yeah. eight other nine hundred other yeah. awesome people to watch and play. Like we even talked yeah. about, Patrick Cantlay is going to be healthy and playing a full season. We yeah, even yeah. talked about, you know, we we've, we've mentioned Z- Xander, but like, what could Xander be? What is Xander's ceiling? Um, there's there's just so many, you know, Jason Day, like guys who could have bounce back years. There's there's a lot to be excited about. It's going to be a lot of fun. We um, on the pod, you and I, I know have had discussions about yes. professionalizing this shit. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna do Getting that. Serious about the pod, yeah. Um, so we're gonna we're we're gonna start we're gonna start asking for asking for fans and asking for follows. If you are a fan of this podcast, tell your friends about it. That's tell right. your parents about it. To the moon. Tell your grandmother about it. Um, we've been told, uh, that, that this pod is, is not only interesting, but that our voices are very calming for folks who can't sleep. <laughs> Do you want to go to sleep? Yep. If you want to go to sleep, pop on off on a shot. Um, yeah, tell, yeah your, we might tell, add, tell your yeah. friends about it. Listen to it. Uh, we, we, we love the idea. We know that we have at least some fans and, and, uh, some that we know in our personal circles and some that we don't. Um, and, and that's an awesome feeling. Um, we love growing the Instagram. We love, we love talking yeah. about this game. So, uh, so spread the word. Uh, alternate shot uh, to the moon in 2018. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, um, happy New Year, everybody. We uh, we're so psyched to be back. 2018 is going to be, as we mentioned, an awesome year, and uh, we are glad to be bringing it to you live from the Pod Kano. That's right. <laughs> what do we call this this way? The the snow cyclone, the cyclone, <laughs> cyclone bomb. Yeah, if we survive blizzard. Uh, Blizzard Geddon 2018 will uh, yeah we'll be back next week. I think I think we'll survive this. Uh, <laughs> this isn't the first time. This is <laughs> this is a foot of snow. I like, know. Relax. I know. It's insane. Like grow up, everybody. Jeez. Right. It's just gonna be like negative 25 degrees on Friday. Yeah. yeah. Dude, no work. Yourself. Get to work from home. We'll still have to work, but you're right from home. Well, <laughs> all right. My bosses don't listen. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, happy new year, everybody. We are so glad to be back. It's so good to be back. I missed doing the pod. I missed I know. narcissistically listening to the pod. <laughs> get that view, get that download count up, man. That's important. Yeah. I mean, you know, I talk to everyone. It's like, hey, what's going on in your life? Like, oh, I own some Bitcoins and I do a podcast. And when we didn't get <laughs> to do the, the, the podcast, I had nothing to talk about. Thank you guys so much for listening. Happy new year to everybody. We are glad to be back. It's awesome. It just occurred to me. We get to do a master's pod for the first time. We didn't do one last year. Oh, my God. There's so much oh shit my in God. 2018. I can't wait. Ah. See you next week.